Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Shake Sales. I'm your host, Maggie Bloom, the sales evangelist at Mailshake. And today we are talking with Brandon Baker. He's a senior SDR at Sendoso. And Brandon has been super inspiring to follow on LinkedIn with sharing sales advice, life advice. We've talked before on an interview of his. So I'm really excited to bring back this conversation. And today we're going to focus on three areas that SDRs can level up. And so those three areas we'll talk about are cold calling, cold emailing, and LinkedIn. So super excited to dive into this conversation. Brandon, thanks so much for being here. Do you mind giving us a little introduction about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for having me, Maggie. Um, mm-hmm. Like she said, my name is uh, Brandon. I work with a startup in San Francisco called Sendoso. Um, we are a sending management platform. Um, and I also am an advisor for Outplay. That's, um, also a sales, um, enablement platform. And, um, I'm actually getting started to work with a couple of folks on this project called, uh, the Black Man Band. Super mm-hmm. excited about that as well. So I got a couple projects going on. Yeah. Um, super excited about, but yeah, happy to be here and share some. Uh, sales tips with everyone. And uh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It sounds like you got a lot going on. And um, yeah, I'm just really excited to talk with you a little bit about, you know, how you can level up as an SDR because you're in that senior SDR position and there's been a lot of cool stuff that I've seen that you've been doing on LinkedIn. So just to kind of dive right into it, I saw from one of your LinkedIn posts that when you're doing cold calls, you like to think of yourself as a journalist. So Can you elaborate for us a little bit more on what you mean by that? Yeah, so um, I guess just living uh, this little backstory, um, when I grew up, I um, was in my, I lived, well not lived, but I would stay with my grandma most of the Mm -hmm. summer. And pretty much everything that was on was uh, ABC News or Oprah Mm -hmm. Winfrey (laughs) <laughs> the Ellen show. So I saw a lot of interviews. Sounds like grandma <laughs> stuff I, to watch. <laughs> it, it's it's just grandma 101 pretty much. Yeah. And so I, uh, yeah, basically just through absorbing that, I've always kind of been intrigued by journalists. Um, I never, you know, pursued journalism in school or anything like that, but I've always liked how they could control dialogue, how they always were genuinely curious about their guests and how they always made their guests feel welcome to share their opinions and their thoughts, whether they agree with them themselves or not. So I always mm-hmm. kind of like imagine myself as I'm, you know, cold calling someone, or even if I'm cold emailing someone, imagining us like we're at a bar, we're at um, mm-hmm. a hotel lobby, anything that, hey, we're just talking, we're just creating dialogue. Um, and I'm just trying to start a conversation. I'm not necessarily trying to uh, book a meeting uh, right yeah. away or, you know, uh, set up next steps or anything like that. I'm trying to be genuinely curious about what's going on with their company at the moment. You know, I, I, everyone has a hypothesis, obviously, on mm-hmm. based on their research on what they think might be problems for them. But you don't honestly know until you get them on the phone or get them, you know, um, in your email cadence or something like that. So I always try to uh, don't assume and ask Mm -hmm. questions and be genuine with your questions. Um, And I think that definitely leads to, you know, more replies and, you know, just having more conversations. 
Yeah. Awesome. And you said something that I feel like a lot of us neglect, even though we say that we try to do it or try not to do it, I should say, is assume. Um, and I think that's what's so great about like journalists out there, or how you got that inspiration from journalists is that they really take an approach where they ask questions that maybe you do already know the answer to. Um, and maybe you've asked that question a thousand times over a cold call, but it should, shouldn't mean that you should approach it that way. Um, you should really should approach every single conversation like you're ready to learn something new, that you're ready to learn about a new problem that, that someone is going through. And I think it also makes it like when you show up in that character of like being a journalist, it's going to make it more fun too. Um, like in my case, I always like to think of myself as like I'm the detective salesperson like getting to the bottom yeah. of the thing, kind of like the same thing. Uh, but when I think and like put that hat on, then I get like really excited about it. And maybe mm. everyone else has their own thing of like what makes them feel good about it. But like, it's exciting for me. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm this detective. I'm going to figure out like what's going on here and how I can help solve it too. Uh, but really the most important part of what you said is like making sure that you're not assuming going there with an open mind with a cold call. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, when, as an SDR, you know, the job is going to be redundant as far as, mm -hmm. you know, kind of like your prospecting and uh, going through your cadence and stuff. So you have to make it fun for yourself. And, you know, yeah. kind of like you said, playing detective, playing a journalist, looking at it through, you know, I, I think sometimes uh, who are my favorite actors mm -hmm. and, you know, what are the visceral moments in the movies that I attach to the most? and yeah. I think about, you know, how many times they had to rehearse, you know, those lines, how many times they had to change the tone, they had to change the pitch. Mm -hmm. I mean, movies take years to make. So totally. um, I a lot another tip that I have for, you know, SDRs who are struggling on the phone or, you know, even with email, whatever, is like um, sometimes playing the long game and sometimes giving yourself grace because even the best at their profession, it, it takes time. So even myself, you know, I'm constantly still uh, botching cold calls. I'm, I'm botching too. emails sometimes. Um, it's just part of the process. It's part of the learning and growth. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that's – and you know, like I said, just have fun with it. Don't take yourself too seriously and try not to take anything personal. I think just will internally make you feel better and also it'll, like – your prospects feel that too. So if you, yeah. if you're relaxed on the phone, if you're calm, if you're just kind of having a, a you know, curious, but at the same time, a little bit of a playful tone, like um, your prospects will pick up on that and it'll be a, you know, more delightful conversation for both of you. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. And I, like you said, picking up on that tone um, and also making it fun for yourself at the end of the day. And I'm the same way. Like I've done, 2000 demos like software demos at Mailshake alone and every single demo I do or every day that I do demos I always make sure and not as like this can sound sick saying it this way but I make sure that I point out something I did wrong just to know like hey perfection for my mind perfection isn't real not every single demo is going to be perfect there's always going to be something I could work on and for me that actually helps me because it gives me those room, that room to make mistakes and not feel so afraid of it. And then it also mm. gives me room to fix those mistakes, which is the exciting part of doing the next demo. Because if I was perfect sure. on every single demo, I wouldn't be excited to do, go on the next one and 
see how I could get better or see something I could change up. So I think that's so important that you realize like, yeah, like I'm going to botch a cold call again. Um, but it's always like that learning method from there that I think is super fun in sales. Yeah. And I think I had a, I had a cold call recently where it wasn't going, it was not going well. He, Mm -hmm. uh, he called me out for not probably not doing enough research that I should have Mm -hmm. on the account. And, um, I was like, I literally just cut the script. I was like, look, you, you know, I'm botching this. Can I just get some feedback for the next time I call you <laughs> or one of your colleagues just so I can be, you know, of relevance and see if I can potentially add value to your team in the future? And then he literally was, just, you know, I was shocked. He was like, yeah, no, I'm happy to do that. You know, do this next time, do this and seriously give me a call in two weeks. And I was like, all right, cool. So you'll, you'll be surprised if you're just like vulnerable and open. And like you mm-hmm. said, if you just call out your own mistakes, then um, people are open to that. Like no one is expecting perfection, especially, you know, my persona, half of my persona is salespeople. So we Same. all get it or they get it like they're in the space, um, you know, which is also great, too, because you don't have to like beat bs as much like yeah you can like you you know you can it's get to nitty to yeah mm-hmm. you get to the nitty-gritty but slash you can be like you know a little tongue-in-cheek with it too so mm-hmm. um so yeah no I, I think yeah definitely giving yourself grace and like you said um just finding those areas where you can always improve does make it more exciting because if yeah. like you said if i was doing the same stuff and you know just had a hundred percent you know meeting booked rate on every person I touch, then like, yeah, then what's the point? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I would love to meet the person who has the hundred percent book rate. Me too. <laughs> so they can give me, me some lessons here <laughs> from them. Uh, but yeah, totally true. And I sell into a sales persona and it's, it's got its pros and cons for sure. <laughs> Either people give yeah. you some unsolicited feedback where you're like, didn't really need to hear yeah. that right now. Or it is really yeah. great feedback and I'm lucky to be in it and it's fun to have that camaraderie too, but cool. So we talked a little bit about cold calling and I know we're going to talk about mm. cold email and LinkedIn next. So I've seen some really great screenshots of cold emails that you've sent and using this method that you call the triplet, I think it's called, where you mm-hmm. use an expected trait, an expected trait, and then an unexpected trait. So can you break that down for us and tell us why it works for you? Yeah, it's actually really funny. I literally did it today. It was um, (laughs) reconnect coffee plus newborn. So this Mm -hmm. prospect that I had, he it was a dead opportunity. Um, Mm -hmm. Was trying to you know wake that dead opportunity, and then I also saw on his LinkedIn that he just had a newborn a few months ago. So new or so um, what did I say? Yeah, reconnect coffee plus newborn because he also mentioned in the post that he had um, a lot of coffee because obviously a lot of sleepless nights with the newborn. So I, I put all those together. Yeah, the expected trait, well, I guess someone expected is something about, you know, reconnecting. And then coffee, maybe, you know, reconnecting and coffee, maybe those two are expected. But then newborn, it's like, wait, how does, how did, who is this? Like, how do they know, like, yeah. I just had a newborn. So I think um, it got open, it got reply, just like I, you know, just like, you know, we want in the sales space. So Mm -hmm. I think um, I've seen a lot of success with that as my subject lines. Um, 
because I think it's just I think it's um I actually saw this from uh Josh Braun in awesome. uh just how co- just how comedians do the same thing they kind of hit you with and they you know two expected things and then an unexpected thing mm. um it's like their rule of three and then that's what gets that's what you know lands the punchline and that's what makes a joke funny or whatever so mm. it's kind of similar it's like you know, it's almost like a pattern, a brain pattern interrupt. Yeah. And I think it, it really helps um, with open rates. But I, you definitely have to be a little careful. I don't, you know, <laughs> just spam, spam the triplet on everyone. I definitely try to do it when I feel like the timing's right for it. Um, mm-hmm. But I do see really positive open rates and reply rates with that. Amazing. Awesome. And so that's all done in the subject line. You put all those three traits in there. Okay, cool. Yeah, and then obviously, like, another thing is, too, like, you can't just, like, have those three things in the subject line and then those three things not be included in in, uh, Uh, an email. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, make sure, because then you'll lose credibility really fast if, like, you're Mm -hmm. just, like, yeah, uh, newborn. It's, like, I don't have kids. So, it's, like, yeah, so definitely make sure that it's, uh, that it's not just, like, a gotcha. It's, like, um, you know done with well intention and you know mm-hmm. it's um tied into the actual email yeah yeah totally and i think you do something really well brandon from the last two things that you told me is about cold email and cold calling is you're good at pattern interrupts and you know just like being comfortable doing them and that's not always mm-hmm. an easy thing to do as an sdr because um i think it sometimes can be hard to be vulnerable we feel like you know, we can't make mistakes and things like that. But even like you said, you had cold call someone and maybe you didn't do enough research and they notice. And what you told them was like, okay, can you give me some feedback? And that's not always an easy thing to do because we're so trained and wired to be like, okay, well, like, should I ask them for time now? Or, you know what I mean? And, <laughs> yeah. and then the same thing with this unexpected trait. So what do you, like, where do you feel like you got the confidence to, you know, have those pattern interrupts or like, where does that come from when you're in those situations? I think it's just understanding, like kind of being empathetic of the buyer in the buyer's mm-hmm. perspective, and then also understanding buyer psychology. So understanding, you know, why even like from a B2C perspective, it's like, why do we buy, you know, coke instead of pepsi or why do we you know why do why does everyone have an iphone like it's like those kind of things and understanding the why behind what's piquing someone's interest as far Mm -hmm. as like looking into something or you know doing something so i think you know now that i've been in this space for a year it's kind of like you understand the commonalities of sdr outreach and you Mm -hmm. understand the commonalities of like how the buyers or the prospects feel about that type of outreach. So it's like, um, you're probably better off trying something else, but it's not, it, it's obviously, um, still a little bit complicated because you don't want to just like try all these ideas and not Mm -hmm. really have data to support it. But you, um, you do also want to be well-intentioned when you're reaching out to everyone. So I think just, leading with empathy as far as like, okay, understanding, like, no matter what you're interrupting this person's day, like yeah. you're interrupting their inbox, you're interrupting them with the phone. So being cognizant of that, but also understanding like, Hey, we were, but 
being confident enough, like, hey, I have a job to do as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I, and I'm actually calling or I'm emailing for a purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and being confident with that too, because it's like, hey, look, I'm busy too. I have like, you know, X amount of accounts I'm reaching out to and stuff. So yeah. being cognizant of your own time and that person's time, I think is the best way to approach it. Because I think a lot, a lot of SDRs have, they fall into the mistake of being, in a very apologetic tonality, like, totally. oh, sorry, I'm interrupting you, or sorry, I'm, like, in your email, hope this finds you, like, hope this finds you well, you know what I mean? And it's mm-hmm. just, like, it's, like, no, you have to be confident of, like, hey, I, I understand the insights of this persona, I know the trends, I know, yeah. like, I know what our customers are saying, how this helped them, and I'm now asking you, based on what I found, like, is this, is this something that might potentially help your team in the future and you have to you just have to be confident in that you have to be well part of that is being confident in the product that you sell (laughs) so um you know like like a shake is like a very i i honestly don't even know another brand with email deliverability so that just shows Mm -hmm. you that you know they have a differentiated product in a very in solve a very niche problem, which is awesome. Yeah. And I feel like Sendosa is the same way. Like we mm-hmm. we solve a very niche problem and I think, you know, we do that well. So it's like being confident in your product. But also I I actually learned this from therapy. So it's like um because uh, obviously, you know, we're a human, we overthink, we, you know, lose totally. confidence in a lot of things. But asking yourself like, will this matter an hour from now? Will this yeah. matter <laughs> One day from now, will this matter five days from now? Like that cold call I mentioned, like mm-hmm. normally, like, yeah, early in my SDR career, it would have ruined my whole day. But mm-hmm. now understanding like that prospect, it has left his mind. Like he's yeah. now, he's now in the, okay, I have 10, 15 other tasks in my own day to do. I don't even mm-hmm. remember that cold call that, that, that Brandon botched like 10 minutes ago. Like it's yeah. out of my head. You know what I mean? So I feel like, that helps me at least. It's like, bit, like it's not like one mistake, one like slip up isn't in the grand scheme of things isn't going to matter. It's just going to help you grow. And mm-hmm. I think once you, like like you were saying, once you accept that mistakes are going to happen, it gives you so much more freedom and joy in doing your job and yeah. puts the pressure off of it. So yeah, I think in my cold calls, I think I just. I try to act like if I'm talking to my friends, honestly, like, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously it's a stranger, but, um, I would think like, Hey, what if I'm one-on-one with a friend right now? Like, would I crack a joke here? Would I yeah. be, would I be vulnerable and real right here? And then I try to just emulate that with the prospects that I talk to. So maybe, maybe that would help SDRs too, as well. Just trying to imagine like, Hey, you're talking to one of your friends or you're talking mm-hmm. to a coworker or whatever. And just, um yeah just be your try to be your normal self because like no one wants to sound robotic and no one wants to hear someone that sounds robotic or sounds like they're using you know just like a word for word script totally totally and you bring up uh you know confidence like in yourself before you're doing it and confidence in the um company that you work for and i always think that i think it comes down to three things like to feel natural about maybe having pattern interrupts or anything like that when you're in cold calls. From my experience, when I was an SDR, 
it's like you have to have confidence in yourself, of course, um, which is not always easy to do. Um, but then you have to have confidence in the company that you work for as well. So you really have to, I almost say like, you have to love what you're selling. And like, lucky for me, I really do love selling mail shake. Like, I think, you know, the people I talk to can benefit from it. And that's my third mm. point is you have to be confident um, that that person you're talking to could actually benefit from your company too. Right. So confidence in yourself, confident in the company that you sell for, and then confident that that person um, can actually make, they don't have to be the decision maker, but um, that they can actually benefit from Sendoso or Mailshake, but from your company in general. And I think it makes those conversations a lot smoother. Uh, and yeah, it just makes you feel better all around going into it where you could have some flexibility for like putting your own um, personality in there or having some creativity or anything like that um, before going into it. So I really like that you mentioned all those things. Yeah, absolutely. But sweet. So yeah, we talked about cold calling, talked about cold emailing, a couple methods that you have there. Mm -hmm. um, but one thing that I love is that you're posting on LinkedIn as an SDR. And it was actually mm -hmm. something I didn't really do as an SDR. Um, I feel like it's something that's a little bit intimidating for some SDRs out there. Uh, but my question to you is, why did why did you start posting on LinkedIn? And why do you think every other SDR should start posting on LinkedIn? Yeah, so I think originally um, one of my coworkers, um, Gianno, I reached out to him because I saw that he was uh, having some success posting. I really liked some of his content. I think it was pretty versatile as far as, you know, some was funny, some was, you know, informative, some was um, a little mix of both. So just wanted to, you know, kind of get a sense of what he was saying or what he thought about posting on LinkedIn. And yeah, I mean, kind of similar to what I see a lot on uh, on today is just people saying, just start, just, yeah. just do it. Um, because obviously in light of what, a lot of what is going on um, in probably the past month, just with a lot of layoffs and, you know, kind of the tech industry being shaken up a bit, like the time is now like you. And I think also it just highlights that. Um, I mean, I, there's a lot of people that I'm following and the only reason why I know about their company is because I'm following that person. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that speaks to the power of personal brand. Like you'll see, you know, someone that has, you know, a, a good following and, you know, just is delivering consistent content. Like I think, mm -hmm. you know, a brand that comes to mind is Lavender. Um, yeah. we, our team uses Lavender. Um, we've, you know, spoken with, uh, well, both Wills, the co-founders, mm -hmm. um, and they consistently are posting just, um, very valuable information about cold mm -hmm. emailing. And I think, it's helping a lot of SDRs, a lot of sales teams out. And then once you do that, like you just build trust in your brand, you build credibility in your brand, and it's just going to help the it's going to help the company out in itself. So I think going back to your question, I think SDRs should um, that's not if posting is too much because I understand posting can be intimidating because you're putting yourself out there and you're not sure if it's going to land or be, you know, relatable to anyone. Mm -hmm. um, start just kind of like you were saying about playing detective, start playing detective just on LinkedIn. See mm -hmm. like 
what content is resonating with you, who's really speaking to you, mm-hmm. start commenting, start commenting on their stuff, comment on, follow people that are making comments on their content. And there you're already building a commonality of a yeah. group of people. And you're also getting a little, um, just little data points here and there for yourself of like, okay, so this, this kind of content resonates with like my persona. This type of content represents my, not saying you have to, you know, cut and paste, but mm-hmm. you kind of get, you kind of start developing a little framework of like, okay, this is what maybe resonates, but then also yeah. understanding like to your core, it's like, well, what makes you unique? So it's like mm-hmm. also understanding like it's like a little balance of, OK, what is kind of speaking to my audience? But then again, what is also making unique? And for myself, I think being a minority in particular, being like a black man in tech sales is pretty is like my unique spin mm-hmm. on things. So I think that is that resonates with a lot of the audience on LinkedIn. But I mean, you can find whatever, like it could be yeah. literally whatever for you. So I think that's a really good starting point. But um, I think honestly, probably more important, uh, excuse me, more important than posting is commenting. Because mm-hmm. then once you get, once you're like someone's, once you're a hype man for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So when it's time for you to post, like it's going to help your reach exponentially because you already have a core group of people that are aware of you and that are going to support you. So, um, but yeah, no, just, just start like what I do is I literally start, um, if I have, you know, a shower thought or whatever, I write it down (laughs) kind of like just loose, loosely. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Just a loose framework and then kind of like tweak it and make it look nice for LinkedIn. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, I will say if you if you don't like writing, just think about like having a monologue, just talking to yourself. Because at first yeah. I was like, man, I've never been like a real writer, but Same. I do have a lot of like just reflection that I do. Mm-hmm. And so when you really put it in those terms, I think it can help you like start posting more content. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think a lot of us, you know, are told by people out there, you know, just like get started, get started posting, Mm -hmm. which is the way I got started. And I don't think it's a bad way to get started. But like, some people are intimidated. Or if you take the time to just start commenting on people's things, kind of like building in secret. Mm -hmm. Not that it's secret, but then you kind of learn like, okay, this is what this person talks about. This is what that person talks about. This is where I could stand out. It's like you're doing a lot of that research before where you can have a really strategic LinkedIn setup, just like you said, that you have your strategic, you know, brand and voice that you want to portray, which is awesome. Because I think that's a mistake I totally made in the beginning is I just started posting about random stuff um, that didn't really correlate with anything. And it's, you know, it's taken me a while to get where I want to be at, but it's okay. I mean, I'm learning through it. um, And I don't think it's like a bad way. I don't think I made a mistake, but if I did go back, I would want to do it that way just so I could get like some insight I could start cheering other people on and kind of figure out like, okay, where's some information that LinkedIn is lacking? Or what are some questions that I'm not getting answered from these people's profiles um, that could also relate to what I do on a daily basis? So I think, yeah, that's awesome. And to your point about shower thoughts, I literally, after I get out of the shower, I will text one of my friends and everything I thought about, because it's always like the best thoughts. I have no idea why. (laughs) 
But I get like my most productive thinking done then. And then I have to like tell someone right away. I don't know if they care or not. <laughs> yeah, I think that there's probably something to it because it's mm-hmm. like, it's, it's basically meditation because like mm-hmm. you can't, I mean, you're, I mean, you're not, there's no distractions, but it's also not as scary as probably, I mean, I meditate, but it's probably Mm -hmm. not as scary as just like sitting in a room and just breathing. Like you have like a, you have white noise of the water and stuff. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of like you're in a natural relaxed state. So your mind can just wander and you just start connecting these (laughs) ideas. Cause yeah, no, I agree. I definitely get some of my best ideas either 11 o'clock at night or in the shower. (laughs) So where you hope there's a notepad or like a voice memo nearby so you could write them down. <laughs> um, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But awesome. Well, thank you so much for going through, you know, um, how you get success with cold calls, cold email, and mm. your journey with LinkedIn as well. Uh, but just to to wrap up this conversation, Brandon, you know, where can people learn more about you um, or, yeah, follow you? Yeah, I, um, yeah, you can add me on LinkedIn. Uh, I, you know, I definitely post a lot of tips on SDRs or SDR tips, um, cold email, cold call. I also do a lot of storytelling just on personal experiences, um, just sharing my stories as well. So if you're, you know, just interested in hearing stories, uh, you can follow along. Um, yeah, I think that's that's probably the pl- main platform I use now. So Awesome. Yeah, definitely follow Brandon on LinkedIn. We've been connected for a while, and he is awesome at storytelling, gives some great tips out there, and you can learn more just like we learned today um, from some methods that he uses. So, Brandon, thank you so, so much for being on here today and shedding that light on um, you being an SCR and how you can level up. Yeah, and thank you again. And um yeah, no, I, it was a pleasure being being here and just sharing some tips for SERs because I definitely um, understand, you know, people who are getting into tech sales, how scary it can be. Like, I mm-hmm. wish someone would have told me a lot of things that I didn't understand. I kind of just had to learn on the fly. So, if we, you know, if I can make that transition a little bit easier, um, I hope I did that a little bit today. (laughs) Totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. We totally appreciate you for it too, Brandon. But yeah, thanks so much for being on here. And thank you everyone for listening to another episode of Shake Sales. We'll catch you next time. Bye.